0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One-one pitch, fastball and and fast. the corner. Get up, Bob. get up. get out of here, Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right,
1: what's up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today on Tuesday. I am back. Special thanks to Chris Towers for doing an awesome job hosting yesterday. Well done, Chris Towers.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) Apparently,
2: everyone's big mad at me for Uh putting music under the podcast. I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah, what was that? I was just just trying something new. (laughs)
1: Yes. All right. Yes. That was not Chris. Uh, that was not Chris. That was video. Remember, we're on video now. Please make sure you watch the video. It's great stuff. Our video crew is actually doing an amazing job, uh, gonna help supplement these podcasts, uh, with some, you know, some full screens and stuff like that, that, uh, will, he- will help you as a viewer, uh, make some good fantasy decisions. We did our podcast league draft last night and we're excited to talk about it. I got the worst grade in the draft. And you know what? I love my team. So don't you worry about those grades, everybody. They're just for fun. Um, Scott got the best grade. Me, Heath, and Chris were terrible. Uh, what was, what was one big takeaway, Scott, from last night's draft? We're going to talk more about this later. But if you could look at the draft Uh and the way things went, what was one Uh lesson you learned or something you want to give to our listeners?
3: Well, first of all, I want to mention I didn't get the highest grade of anybody, just to be clear. No, the us. highest grade of the four of us, right? I don't care much about the grades either. that's
2: that's a humble just i don't I there. don't want
3: the person who got the highest grade to feel cheap. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, my big well, my biggest takeaway was that I don't know about you guys, but I personally wasn't really able to get anyone I wanted because it's a bunch of podcast listeners listening to all our advice and and taking it. it turns out. So I had I ended up with a roster that doesn't look very familiar to me. In fact, includes three of my bus picks. Uh, I, I I like the value I got them for, or the need that they fill for me. Uh, so I'm not upset about it. But yeah, three of my bus picks are on my team. Uh, starting pitchers went earlier than I think in any of our head-to-head points mocks. Closer, probably to what ADP shows. Uh, you know, somewhere in between those two extremes. But I think earlier than a lot of us were used to. So, uh, I mean, I ended up taking Chris Sale in the first round, so it didn't change my approach too much. But uh, that's part of what fed the unfamiliarity of the draft.
1: Heath, uh, what was one takeaway that you have from last night's draft? No, 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 Heath.
0: I I tried something new last night, and uh, I didn't hate it. I took starting pitcher with my first four picks, so I was part of the reason that pitcher went earlier than everyone expected. Uh, ended up with Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole, James Paxton, Zach Grinke. And I found plenty of hitting later later. So I like I'm not probably going to do that regularly, but in a points league draft, I didn't hate it, especially considering none of the value pitchers were anywhere close to available at the point I would have been looking for them.
1: Yeah, actually really I think I like your team. I mean, you're you so yeah, you're loaded at starting pitcher. As you mentioned, Cole, Granky, uh, DeGrom, Cole, Granky, Paxton. You also have Zach Godley and Luke Weaver, Josh Hader on your bench. Tyler Glass now and Julio Arias are your relievers. So you have zero reliever. You have zero closers. Your one reliever is Josh Hader, <laughs> who I think is useless in a points league uh, unless he's
0: the closer. Oh, not useless at all. Like he could regress quite a ways and still be a top 25 closer. It, this year. it
2: depends what his usage is. Right. It's like the first it's... two months. He'll be useful. If it's after, like the last four months, he won't be. I was, any, I would any, guess he's going to get more saves.
1: At least at sure, the start of the have, season.
3: Certainly from the outset. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, and then your hitters, Wilson Ramos, uh, we're just going to go over this quickly. We'll, we'll save it for the end of the show. But, but in case you are drafting and you want to take this approach of loading up on starting pitchers, Wilson Ramos, Jose Abreu, Brian Dozier, Jung Ho Gong, Paul DeYoung, ugh. Good outfield though. Well, don't, uh, no, don't no do it that is, Paul it, it, no. It is. I'm doing Gong.
0: it to.
2: I'm doing it to Gong and De Young. Um, I think Gong could be just absolutely
0: worthless in this format. It's he the format. Be, I think it was my 21st round pick, and I have Miguel Sano, so he'll, he'll be fine soon. Uh,
1: Brantley, Haniger, McCutcheon, and Gallo. Good, good. Uh, group of four there. Hantley uh, Brantley, Haniger, McCutcheon, Gallo, and Malik Smith with Scooter Jeanette and Miguel Sano on IL. Chris, what was your
2: takeaway from last night's draft? It was really easy to build a really, really good offense. Um, basically, I, I tried. I, I wasn't planning on just punting on starting pitcher, but with my first three picks, I ended up with J.D. Martinez, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, and Carlos Stanton. At that point, it's kind of hard to argue with it if you can end up with a, a top of the lineup like that. I went the entire opposite approach from Heath, and I I also really like my team, but I just I had to focus on upside starting pitchers. And that was one place that I think they didn't exactly go late. I did have to reach for some guys, but relative to the way the draft was going, it's not quite a reach. I ended up with Walker Buehler, John Gray, Yusei Kikuchi, Chris Paddock, and Hyunjin Ryu, plus Trevor Richards, Caleb Smith, and Aaron Sanchez. Go Marlins. Um <laughs> I think it's it, it's certainly not the safest pitching staff of all time, but I think all you know, at least the guys in my starting lineup, I think all have top 25 potential. All right. My takeaway, my team name was.
1: Oh, she's supposed to say you say <laughs> my team name was you say <laughs> dot 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 stay. Uh. Scott and Heath did not change their team names. I'm never changing Stay. my team. Uh, you should. Yasmani money, money. Tomas problems. No, that's not yeah, even it. Yamani yeah, money. money Tomas problems. Yeah, money. <laughs> you forgot the S. And Scott has. No, it makes more sense that way. Scott's team <laughs> name has been white noise for like five years, so I think you guys need to step it up. Yeah. Chris, what's your that team? I changed mine. Yeah, it works. Mine is it's people a, it's see a my reference. Team.
2: Chris, people I think people see my, see my team, then they know who it is because it's a reference right. to a band that they've never heard of, the Canadian. Indie Rock Supergroup, the new Pornographers. There you go. Yeah, I love it. All
1: right, my, my takeaway was that as the draft season has evolved, I've really uh, kind of changed my tune a little bit on starting pitcher, and it's for two reasons. One, Kershaw and Severino can no longer be considered top 12, in our opinions. And I'm just a little uneasy about some of these guys. Like, I have not drafted any Patrick Corbin. I've had the chance in each of my last two drafts. I just, just not... Fully comfortable yet and Of course I could be wrong I also feel that way About Zach yep. Granke
3: And of course I could be wrong That's right, yes, was going to say What's that? I keep interrupting people Go ahead
1: No yeah So Corbin and Granke For me are just like Do not drafts I never take Corey Kluber And I know I'm not going to be Right about all three of these guys But I just don't feel Comfortable doing it And it's early enough In the draft Where there's a stud hitter there I'm just going to Make a pick that I like So whereas You know I-, I always want one ace I keep finding myself Not getting that ace and then I did do the Strasbourg Tyone strategy, um, which I which I had talked about before. So that's just something that I've sorta of noticed as I've been drafting. I've sorta of changed on starting pitcher. At the top it doesn't feel to me as deep as it did when we did the position preview last month. And uh well, we'll see if I'm right. <laughs>
2: so it, it, there you go. It never is. It never ends up as deep as we hope it'll be. That's True. just kind of the nature of the position. Yeah. It is weird that Stephen Strasburg's ADP just hasn't moved at all. Like, two aces have dropped, and he's still 16th overall. That that feels a little weird to me. Yeah, like, Walker Bueller was hasn't the other one benefited at all from it.
1: Walker Bueller was the other one I wanted to mention. That I'm just so concerned about his second half being like Severino's last year. I'm just concerned about the innings. Don't know what the beginning of the season is going to be like for Walker Bueller. Uh, so I drafted
2: him in the fourth round, and I'm worried about how his first half is going to go. Right. I right. just, I needed to target upside at that point. All right. We're going to do some over-unders, some buy or sell, some news and notes, talk about
1: players that are on our radars, not necessarily on our teams right now, but if they get off to a good start, we're quick, quickly going to be looking to pick them up. Let's do some over-unders, guys. Here we go. Trey Turner, over-under 50 steals. His 162 game pace for steals in three seasons has been 73, 76, and 43. Heath, let's start with you. Trey Turner, over-under 50 steals. Over. Chris.
2: Uh, under. <laughs> Scott. There's too many things that could go wrong. He's batting second to start the season, too. It,
3: if it's not over, then everybody's drafting wrong.
2: <laughs> so we got to go over?
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. How about Francisco Lindor? Over, under, 17 and a half steals. He has stolen 19, 15, and 25 bases. In his last three seasons, Scott White over under
2: 17 and a half Francisco <laughs> um,
3: Lindor steals. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying under if, Scott, if it's not under then I'm drafting wrong
2: over under 1.75 steals.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the over on that, but
0: anybody going I over? I think this is a really good number, and I do expect he's going to be ready at the start of the year or I mean in April. And it seems like the recovery's gone really well. He's really still very young. Body's bounced back better when you're 25 years old. I'm going over. Chris, under. You talk.
1: Under. Okay. Did he? Where did he go last last night in our podcast league draft?
0: Francisco, Lindor? way too late, like twenty third or twenty fourth overall. I yeah. if I hadn't been going with my pitcher strategy, I would have taken him with the second pick of the second round. Yeah, it seemed like
2: that, when the injury originally happened, he was going like twelve to fifteen, and then now a lot of the Mac <laughs> the mocks we've done now that he looks like he's going to beat that timetable, he's going in like the twenty range. I all well, like. Understand. There was a
3: there was a trio of stud shortstops that suffered from the early pitching run. Uh I think they went consecutively, Lindor, Turner, and Machado. I forget what order exactly, but they, they all three went at the end of round two.
1: Yes, it was Machado, then it was Aaron Nola, then Lindor, then Trey Turner. And Trevor Story was the, was the 36th pick of the draft, last pick of round three. All right, next over-under, Jose Ramirez, fourth pick in last night's draft. Over-under, 30 steals. He stole 34 last year. Over-under for Jose Ramirez.
2: This feels like a relatively easy under. Last year was a big outlier uh, since he became like a really good hitter. On the other hand, we do expect him to regress at least a little bit from the power numbers last year, which would give him more stolen base opportunities. But I still go under. Under.
3: Yeah, I, I think he will have a lot, but that's that's right. It, it's just kind of a high over under.
1: Alright, Chris Davis over under 247 batting average, which he has had four straight seasons. Chris Davis
0: over under. (laughs) Push. (laughs) Over. (laughs) Over. He's gonna have a big year this year, two forty (laughs) eight. Ridiculous. Oh. He's never done done that before. (laughs) before (laughs) Scott's going over to I was actually gonna say two forty
1: nine. It just feels like I think under's more likely. Gonna have a great year. All right, it'll be right around there. Alright, I like this one. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton combined 90 home runs. Last two seasons, they combined for 111 in 2017 and only 65 last year. Judge played 112 games. So Judge and Stanton, 90 homers. Did I hear an under from Heath?
0: Yeah, that was an easy one. I'm going over. Big year for the boys in blue. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a— Chris had to become a Yankees fan, too, because of the Derek Jeter thing. (laughs)
3: It's certainly plausible that 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 he could be over, which makes it worth discussing. But I think, you know, a DL stint for either, and it's probably under. So I'll go under. Okay,
1: the seemingly healthy Matt Chapman. 32 home runs over under. Reminder, Matt Chapman had a 962 OPS after the All-Star break with 14 homers in 64 games. So I'm giving him 32 home runs as Matt Chapman go over or under.
0: I'm pretty excited about Matt Chapman now that he looks like he's healthy, but I can't go that high, so I'll still go under. Yeah, we're hoping
2: he's Josh Donaldson in Oakland, right? Josh Donaldson's career high in Oakland was 29. It's just a really hard place to hit home runs. I'm going under. It was,
3: I think it was a different environment where Josh Donaldson hit 29 homers. Uh, but even so, 32 seems, I mean, that's eight more than last year. I'll, I'll take the under.
1: Okay, Madison Bumgarner. News, let's get some pitchers. Uh, Madison Bumgarner. 350 ERA. He has never had an ERA higher than 337. Will Bumgarner go over or under 350?
0: Well, over. Over.
3: Ooh. Yep, taking over also. Wow. Adam. Yes? Adam, we
2: have breaking news. Oh, uh oh. Jacob DeGrom have? just signed a five-year extension. Hey. Okay, wait wait wait, 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 wait,
1: wait. I, did you say the, the amount of, of money?
2: One hundred thirty-seven point five million dollars. You know, he I was going to do that. That's why he was saying, "Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait." Yeah, I was going to do, do an over/under. I was going to do an over/under for the money. <laughs> Over. <flowers. laughs> all right, congratulations, DeGrom. Uh All right, Luis Castillo, three fifty ERA over/under.
2: Over. Hmm. If it's under, you've got to gotta draft in. move him a lot up yeah. your draft boards for the last couple of days.
3: I want to take the under, but it's it's prudent to take the over.
0: I will take the over, but I'll say under Madison Bumgarner.
1: I I mean, like, that's not 350 ERA. I feel like if you're a top 30 starting pitcher, you should have an ERA. Most of them are going to have a 350 ERA or better.
0: I don't know that that's true. I think I
1: did this earlier this year.
0: Yeah, I think it was for, like, top 24 starting pitchers, though. I think 25 through 30 were all above 350.
3: All right. Let's, you know I, what? I'll take a there look. There were several. Uh, I'll take a look. There were several even in it that were higher than 350, right?
0: Yes.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay, Clayton Kershaw, over under 25
3: starts. Over. Push. I will take the under on that, obviously, starting from behind there. Heath, please push,
1: Chris, um, next time he... Says push, and in the uh,
0: face, <laughs> whatever you want. You're, you you gotta make no it in a half. To push you. I need to clarify. He like pushed man. you away from the mic. You're free. HR is right there. Just push Down him, him. Down the
1: hallway. <laughs> push him into HR. Uh Clayton Kershaw starts the last three seasons: 21, 27, and twenty six. All right, Chris Archer over under four ERA, which he has not been under three straight seasons. Chris Archer.
2: Hammer that under. under, easy under. What? Oh, easy, yeah. of course. Screw you, Adam.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just by virtue of being out of the AL East all season, I think that's pretty safe. That before you even get to the fact that his
0: tip is generally much lower, and he's got some phenomenal hair this spring.
1: And I, I think he's, I think he's working on a new pitch too. So I'm pretty interested to see if yeah. that helps for Chris Couple Archer. Of. He needs he needs it. Yeah, he's he's already really he's good. good.
3: I think it's like a two-seamer and a changeup that he's trying to add this year, because he's basically been four-seamer slider for his whole career, which is, you know, a testament to how good his slider is that he's been so successful with just two pitches.
1: Oh yeah, so successful. Three straight years with an ERA over four. That is definitely you've never had an ERA under four, Adam. That is definitely the sign of a successful pitcher. I forgot. And also,
3: my young votes multiple years, right?
1: You keep poo-pooing this guy's career. Great. Great Ridiculous. career until the last three years. Um, he's he needs no to go Patrick he, Corbin. He, he was an all-star one of those years. He's no Julio Taran. He's no Julio Taran. Chris Bryant. All right. Two, no, I'm five. All right. All right. All right. Chris Bryant. <laughs> 33 home runs is the over-under for Chris Bryant. He hit 26, 20, 39 and 29 homers in his first three seasons. He had only 13 in 102 games last year. Can Chris Bryant? I, I'm sure you guys are going to take the under. 33 homers.
0: Chris will take the over just because you said
2: that. I'll take the under. Oh, I'm the contrarian? Over.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think if you set it to like 27, then I might be tempted to take the over, but 33 is aggressive. I'll take the under.
1: So let me set it to 30 for Chris Bryant. Over, under. Over. Push.
3: I'll I'll take the under because I know I'm drafting him like it's under. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's kind of tough.
1: Last one. Anthony Rizzo, over under 30 home runs. He hit 25 home runs last year. The four previous seasons, Rizzo hit 31 or 32. Will he get back to that? Over under 30 homers for Rizzo.
2: Over. Over. He's going to hit 31.5. <laughs> over.
1: Okay. You guys didn't talk enough for me to look up the top 30 starting pitchers. I'm going to promote a few things. We are on Spotify. Spotify is Awesome. I have some wonderful playlists on Spotify. But we also have our podcasts on Spotify. Now, we entered the Spotify game a little bit late, so we are somewhat buried in the search results. But if you look for Fantasy Baseball Today, Fantasy Football Today, whatever the names of our shows, uh, then you will find them. So please follow them on Spotify. That would be wonderful. Uh, we have a lot of other podcasts for you to listen to. And on our podcast page, you can get our Spotify links and our Stitcher links and our iTunes links and whatnot. Uh, cbssports.com slash podcast. want to get ready for the Sweet 16, make sure you check out the Ion College Basketball podcast. And if you want to get ready for the Sweet 16, you want to gamble a little bit, you want to pick some games, sportsline.com. There is some fantasy content there, but also just great gambling content. It's a really cool website. Also, injury content, like Heath mentioned, injury analysis on Sportsline. Go to sportsline.com and sign up with the promo code VEGAS. $1 for your first month on sportsline.com. Again, the promo code is VEGAS. Guys, let's talk about week one. Four days or 11
3: days? 11 days. 11 days. Yeah. In, in the league where I didn't go default, I actually kind of divided the 11 days into two more even periods than four and seven. Uh, so that's, that's probably the ideal approach, but you have to have the, be in the commissioner product to do that.
1: And so do we adjust the lineups on Monday again, like set up on Thursday and then allow the people to, to do it
3: again on Monday? Well, that would take – that would take some commissioning because uh, I don't think there's a way to set it up to do that. Uh, so, y- you know, without having to go on and input changes as a commissioner yourself. Um, so that just depends how much time you want to put into it, I guess, if you're a commissioner. It's, you know, it's generous to do that, to let them set it midway, to reset it midway through the 11-day scoring period. I don't think it's
0: Adam's already volunteered to do that for our league from last night. I don't think he knew that he was going to have to do this (laughs) manually, and you can see his face right now, how he feels about that. It's fantastic.
1: It's easy to do in a points league. There's an option where you could just have two weeks, add the scores together. Right, But then, I don't know, you might have to change the standing. You're right. I think this was a huge mistake. I think uh, one line <laughs> up, one lineup set on Thursday. Um, it's not that hard as the commissioner to go back in and, and uh, change lineups. It's not that bad. All right, forget it. Set your lineup once on Thursday and be done with it. Uh, let's talk about the IL. Be a good commissioner, everybody, and let people put Clayton Kershaw and Luis Severino and Scooter Jeanette and Miguel Sano on the IL before they are officially on the injured list so they can go make ad drops, uh, you know, and and put people on the injured list. And also something that, that I adjusted to last year, add an IL spot. I mean, I think you should have at least three in your league. Uh, we had kind of been playing mostly with two IL spots, but now that they have a 10-day IL, it's just there's so many more mm-hmm. guys that go on, I think. And this is probably something we should have been doing in the past anyway. I think three should be the minimum injured list spots okay. in your league.
3: Well, because I was about to ask, what happens when they go back to 15 next year?
2: That's only for pitchers,
3: me. right? Uh, I, th- yeah, I, I think th- you're right, Chris. I'm not positive. I think you're not right.
2: Uh, I yeah. don't know. Maybe- yeah, I think it's just for pitchers on the 15 next year. Um, just why not have an IL sp- Why not have multiple IL spots anyway? Well, like, we always it, had two. things the guys yeah. have to...
1: You know, now I want three, I'm saying. Three should be the minimum.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think it definitely should be more than zero. Some takeaways from
1: yesterday's podcast, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Um,
0: <laughs> Tiger, t-
1: it's your your cat's name is Tiger Scott, right?
3: Yes, as we discussed yeah, right. on two consecutive podcasts, yeah. I believe. He, His name is Tiger. He's amazing. I did not name him. Yeah, I'm looking He's a he name for he, he,
1: okay. No, he's Good a mainstay game. on the podcast. I'm looking right now. Is oh. he? Is he in the background? I don't see him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's there. Okay. Hey, Tiger.
3: Yeah, he's there. He's <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. And, and Chris, Adam, what's he's, your cat's he's name? Finding fame in his old age.
1: <laughs> My cat's name is Zoe. Yes. She's not allowed in the room. Well, there's an on-air line outside. She's not allowed in.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> she knows to respect the boundaries.
1: Chris, you did a great job, but you let Heath slide on something. Scott keeps okay. talking about Brandon Lau. Heath keeps talking about Brandon Lowe. Like you gotta step in there and tell him it's Lau.
2: Sure.
0: That that, he he wasn't sure. That (laughs) implies
2: that I know how to pronounce the individual Lauzos on the rate. It would
0: be easier if they didn't have a first baseman with the exact same name that was pronounced different.
2: Right. Like can we get like an umlaut on one of these just to like tell them apart? Oh jeez. I forgot Chris is the absolute worst at pronunciation
1: uh, so that is my fault. You wait too many words there. Oh, I already I just played the regulators music. So, my bad, but that's coming up later on in the show. Let's do news and notes. Then we'll get to the regulators. Jose Ramirez has a knee contusion. He is looking good for opening day, but it's not 100%, but it won't be long for Ramirez who went fourth in our draft last night. Uh who went third, Max Scherzer. You Darvish scheduled to pitch the second game of the season, so that is good. Nick Senzel hurt his ankle. X-rays were negative. Do you think this delays the timetable for Nick Senzel, who will not start the season with the big league club, but that's probably just a service time issue? Do we still expect to see Senzel in mid to late April?
0: They did say they were doing an MRI today, so we might get more information. If if he's ready for opening day, then I don't think it probably does, but it seems like there's a significant chance this is going to cost him some time.
1: What about yeah. Justin Upton? You just can't stay healthy. Justin Upton and his sprained big toe. He went pretty late, the end of round yeah.
3: fourteen. Yeah, it was a it was a good bargain there for Upton yesterday. Um, I was hoping to get him on the way back, but yeah, I think they're having an MRI on that too, so they're not they're not totally sure of the extent of that injury either, which makes it a little difficult. Uh, and he's you know, he's not my favorite in a head to head format anyway because of his long documented streakiness but you know round 14 i think is right you you can't let him fall that far
0: upton is a guy that's fallen quite a ways in my rankings just because i mean it's not just the big toe he's been dealing with tendonitis in his knee all spring he's 31 years old i'm a little bit concerned
1: yeah the next outfielder taken was actually the very next pick nick marcakis now ordinarily Upton and Marquez would be in, you know, in different leagues, but Marquez probably probably a little sneaky this year in points leagues. Uh and then the following outfielder, he's not outfield eligible yet, but Nick Senzel was taken a few picks later. And then uh spoiler alert, one of my favorite picks was Adam Eaton. I took him in round sixteen. He is going to lead off for the Nationals. We know mm-hmm. Michael Taylor is hurt right now.
3: And I think that he Adam look great this spring. Eaton. Man, I, I agree with you. This is he needs to move up the rankings. I made a note after you took him because he wasn't even on my radar at that point. Yeah, I need to move Adam Heaton up.
1: I, I just hope he doesn't sit for lefties. But i i don't I don't think he's going to play every day against lefties. And they might still be a little cautious with him. He's got injury history, obviously. He plays all out, so I'm not sure he's an right. everyday player. But I think leading off for of the Nationals, he's always been very good in points leagues. He doesn't strike out a lot, gets a lot of doubles and triples. Adam Eaton, yeah, I don't think we have to belabor it anymore. He he could definitely be your third outfielder. He's my third outfielder. Uh, I feel good about it. Um, Kansas City waived outfielder Brian Goodwin. I only bring this up because Brian Goodwin was on the most added list. Do we have a reaction to this?
2: He's not an unskilled player. He brings some power and speed, but he doesn't have a job,
0: so go ahead and drop <laughs> okay. him. It's a big uh, red mark against you if you're not good enough to make the Royals <laughs> right now. He's just not fast enough. I, well, they're going to, they replaced him on the roster with Lucas Duda. Well, he's plenty. And fast then they him. announced Frank is going to make the team as well. That dude's so. a speedster. Ooh. Yeah. Not, uh, not three non-speedsters. And I wouldn't be surprised if Frank Schwindel's in the opening day lineup. He crushes left-handed pitching. They're facing Carlos Rodon on opening day. Okay, we he's got kind of
3: interesting. Uh, go, go ahead, in a, Scott. In a deeper league sort of way. Sorry. We no, keep talking okay. at the same time.
1: Scott, we on
4: everybody's toes today.
1: Team scam. That's what we do. Yep. Uh, all right. The two pitchers who are going to be in their rotations, Eric Lauer is going to be the opening day starter for San Diego, and Frankie Montas will be in the A's rotation, and he added a splitter. Scott, are you interested in Lauer or Montas?
3: Spoiler alert. Uh, I wrote a column last night, the top ten sleeper pitchers for week one. There are four Padres in it. Padres have a four game series against the Giants to open the year, and they're all less than 80% owned. Lauer is the least of those four, but he is, he is on the list. Uh, so, you know, he's okay strikeout potential, and, uh, I think with a good matchup, if you need an extra pitcher in week one, he's somebody worth using. Scott, when you say week one, you're just talking about four games, right? I'm just talking about four games because that is the default setting and what the majority of our readers will be doing. Okay. Uh, Boston first baseman Steve
1: Pierce will begin the year on the I.L. Sam Travis could start versus lefties, Mitch Moreland against righties. Andrew Heaney threw a bullpen session. He will begin the season on the I.L., but hopefully won't be gone too long. Carlos Martinez is going to start the season on the I.L. with a rotator cuff strain. Did Carlos Martinez get drafted last night? Yes, he did. Round 17.
0: It was an auto-pick um, by my arch nemesis that uh, the guy cursed about auto-picking him in the 17th round. So that tells you how far Carlos Martinez has fallen.
1: Okay. And uh, I don't know if you guys—it uh, was a cool feature on ESPN. They did the five pitches that would make the ultimate pitcher. Did you get to see that by any chance?
0: No. Okay. What they choose.
1: So. Luis like,
0: Castillo's changeup. Uh,
1: Garrett Cole's fastball. I think it was Jacob DeGrom's four-seamer. Uh, Corey Kluber's like cutter slider thing. I think Blake Snell's curveball. The one that was most interesting was David Price's two-seam fastball. Uh, his, I, I think it was either after the all-star break or let's just say down the stretch. His two-seam fastball was unhittable. And we haven't really talked about that, so. David Price was on a list with some, some of the best pitchers in baseball in terms of having a dominant pitch. Thought that was I don't love veto. that
2: form of analysis. Uh, there's just a lot of noise when it comes to like individual pitch-level outcomes. Um, and then when you talk about half-season's worth. I know he did move on the mound, and that was part of his, uh, I guess, breakout, but I'm not, I'm not putting David Price in that range.
1: Well, uh, no. I just you know, thought it was interesting. All right, a few quick bullpen notes. Rocco Baldelli, he is the twins manager, and he thinks both Blake Parker and Trevor May will get saves this season. You guys talked about it yesterday. Do you still favor Trevor May?
0: I don't, but I didn't yesterday, if you had listened. Uh Scott. I, I think I think Trevor May get some saves, but I still expect Blake Parker to lead the team. Agreed. Oh gosh.
3: Uh I, I did move yeah. I, I do have May behind Parker right now, but they're they're very close in the rankings. I think May is better, and uh, in the long run, I expect talent to the talent to rise to the top.
0: And as we saw last night, um, and this probably should have been one of the things one of us mentioned about the things we learned, neither of these guys need to be on your radar in a points league because yeah. there are like 74 relief pitchers that could be used in a points league, and you don't need to be drafting these guys.
1: Yeah, if I could do the podcast league draft again, I, I liked my team. I was happy with it. I would have waited even later for starting pitcher or for a relief pitcher. It's just so deep in a ten, especially ten, but a twelve team. Even in the fourteen team points league we're doing, where the Sparps come into play, I took Felipe Vasquez in round twelve, and I was fine reaching. Uh, I I don't know if it was a reach, but I took Brad Peacock whether in round thirteen. So I took my two relievers in those two spots, and I actually like Brad Peacock so much that I took another reliever. Uh, was it Viscayenu? I took a third closer, uh, yeah, Viscayenu in round 20 of a 21 round draft, because I wouldn't mind using Peacock as a starting pitcher, uh, if, you know, I, because I believe in him.
3: When he's eligible. When he's <laughs> Which eligible. will take at least a month. Damn it,
1: I didn't realize that. Okay. But still, <laughs> I like the pick. Uh, we've got, uh, AJ Minter's gonna begin a rehab assignment on April 4th. And Edwin Diaz, uh, has allowed three home runs, seven earned runs, and like seven innings this spring. He's, he has struggled. I'm guessing nobody cares about Edwin Diaz's struggles this spring.
0: Well, people should stop drafting him around and a half before every other closer. Yeah, I mean, it's,
2: we've said it a bunch of times, but it's like defense in fantasy football where you always target last year's best team and you take them way ahead of the field and then they usually return back to the field. I don't think Edwin Diaz is going to be bad, but he's not going to be, I think, leaps and bounds better than everyone else at the position. You guys ready to do some
3: regulating? Yes. (laughs) Are people going (laughs) to complain about this music? I seriously doubt it. I'm almost ready
1: to do some fantasy regulating. Email us fantasybaseball at cbsi.com.
4: We're going to take a real quick break, come back, and settle a league dispute. Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Here we go, everybody. Let's regulate. All right, this one comes from Morgan from Chicago. Last night was our 10-team head-to-head league, not points. The draft started at 9 p.m. I had the first pick, and because I knew I was going to take Mike Trout, I began my queue with Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, I came in a little early there with my uh. hand motion there. Uh. <laughs> it's gross when you guys do it. It's fine when I do it. <laughs> okay, so anyway, he had the first pick in a ten-team league. I knew I was taking Paul Goldschmidt with my well, Mike Trout with my first pick, so I put Paul Goldschmidt in my queue. I was in the middle of talking to our league manager and another player about a trade and adjusting certain draft picks. Because another team and I traded four different picks. Amid all the conversation, I didn't realize the draft started, and I was on the clock. When I looked up, it was 9 one and the draft room had auto-selected Goldschmidt for me. I immediately called our league manager at 9 one and told him what happened. He said, too bad. The draft started at 9, and you knew that. You should have put Trout in your queue. <laughs> he has the third overall pick and was able to draft Mookie Betts at 3 by refusing to restart the draft, pause, and go back, etc. I'm positive he would have restarted the draft if you didn't have the third overall pick and directly stand to benefit from this, what was the right thing to do in yeah. the situation? Should my manager do anything about the situation? Wow, he I
2: am the big commissioner believer. of a league while drafting last night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the right thing to do was obviously to roll it back and let you pick Mike Trout. But I don't really feel like the commissioner was under any obligation to do no. that. The fact the fact that he did not do that and he benefited. Really, really sucks for you, and I'm sorry. And he was being a jerk, but he wins. Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer in letting people have who they intended to have. And I understand it can be exploited. Uh You know, if people just change their mind. They can say, oh, but I meant to pick this guy. I, I don't think the downside to that is as bad as the downside of somebody just having something that obviously went wrong for them at the very start of their draft and is going to completely ruin their experience for an entire season. Like that's just, I mean, I kind of think as part of your commissioner, you're like the host of the league and you're trying to make sure everybody has a time that makes them want to come back and play again. <laughs> this commissioner just gave you a giant middle finger right off the bat.
2: Scott, yeah, I, I do think there agree. is an onus on commissioners to do what's right for the league ahead of what might be right for their team for sure um yeah. but you know you don't he doesn't have to yes he does it's, it's a jerk it's a jerk he's, move he,
1: yeah. i know he's a jerk uh, he's just obviously this guy's taking trout number one he's not taking paul goldschmidt how hard is it you back out the i mean come on man this you don't is, know if
0: you're gonna get paul goldschmidt at the end of the second if you want any better grab him now <laughs> it's to too end. late to do anything now
1: Okay. Yeah, obviously. This has been regulated. We're good. Thank you for that. Hey, we have to talk about fab, okay? Free agent acquisition budget and how to spend it. So, so far, like, okay, we have a, we have a fab league. The three of us are, four of us are in. There are four of us, right? And, um, sorry, Chris, I assume I was forgetting about you. Uh, we have a fab league and it's a hundred dollar budget. And I spent like three dollars on Jorge Soler before the season started. Scott spent eight dollars on Greg Holland. So, what do you guys think about spending Fab right now? What advice would you give to the Fab, the Fabulous people out there?
2: There probably isn't someone good enough to go all in on. But if it's, you know, if it is someone like Chris Paddock, who if you drafted early and he wasn't taken, you probably want to make a pretty significant investment on him. But if you're just like dropping the last player on your bench because he didn't make the team or is hurt and you're adding a Jorge Soler, yeah. you probably... like it, it, it depends on the caliber of player. Uh, and just treat it accordingly like you would a draft, especially at this point, because you don't want to go all in on a guy that might not make a big difference for your team. That just doesn't make yeah. any sense.
3: I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, you have a good idea whose stock has risen, if you were an early drafter, since that draft. Chris Paddock, uh, Ryan McMahon feel like probably Matt Strom. There's yeah. a few guys out there, but if it's just, you know, a fill-in situation like Chris was saying, um yeah, I don't I don't think that's somebody you want to invest your fab on. There are going to be other more exciting players that emerge later in the year. Heath, did you want to add anything?
4: No.
1: Nope. I do. So, uh your league format really matters cuz this league that I'm talking about where we have fab is a roto league. And I know I can be a little aggressive early in the season with my fab because by the end of the season, half the teams are going to stop playing. And you can get guys much more easily. With ze- Also, it's very important if you have $0 bids. You've got to be very conservative yeah. if you don't have $0 bids. if Every time you make a transaction, you have to spend something. I guess it depends on what your budget is, but you have to keep that in mind. We have $0 bids in this league. But if you're in a head-to-head league, if you're in a, some, like, categories league, and it's gonna be very active, people are trying to make the playoffs, there isn't going to be that many, uh, owner, there aren't gonna be that many owners that just drop out, then you might maybe have to be a little bit more conservative with Fab. Uh, yeah, it's not like I'll football.
3: Add, yeah, go ahead. I'll add one other note. Um, it, it makes a big difference if Fab runs weekly as opposed to daily. Yeah if it's daily uh, there are going like you you never know when the rest of your league's going to pay attention uh, most people aren't paying attention to the waiver wire every single day so it's easier to sneak players through for a low amount but weekly fab leagues you're always competing with somebody for that hot name off the waiver wire and so you have to reserve some dollars to to be able to use throughout the season
2: one thing i would add to what adam said is Yes, you might want to be more conservative in a head-to-head points league, but that's also a much shallower player pool. And so if you end up with fewer FAB dollars left at the end of the year or three-quarters of the way through the year, you should still be able to get someone who's not going to kill you for cheap because the player pool is so shallow. So Scott just mentioned, if you've been listening to this show,
1: you know the players that have been rising throughout the spring training uh process. So let's talk about some players. This is a, a similar list, I think. Players that are on our radar right now. After this, we're going to do some buy or sell, and then hopefully have time to talk about our Podcast League draft. I have some emails in the show. I hope we get to them. It's also Team Name Tuesday. Um, I, I made a folder of Team Name Tuesday yesterday, and I deleted the folder, and I can't find the emails now. So if you sent a Team Name Tuesday in the last, like, three days, send it again, and we'll get to it next week. My apologies. But... More importantly, players that are on our radar right now. I'm going to start with you, Heath. I hope we can go through this list sort of quickly. Um, and uh, I have ownership percentage. So, like, Jorge Soler is the first guy on his list. He's 29% owned. But, yeah, give me the players that you're just watching. If they get off to a good start, you'll start making some roster moves.
0: Yeah, I've got Jorge Soler, Randall Gritchick, Dakota Hudson, Greg Holland, Enrique Hernandez. I do think Gritchick and Soler both have had very good springs. Gritchik has more raw power. I think Soler has a better opportunity to maybe not kill you quite as much in batting average. Both of them need to stay healthy. Both of them have 30 home run upside. Um, Holland has been awful in the time that we've seen him. We talked about it yesterday. He was also very good at the end of the year last year, and there's a chance that he's like a top 15 closer. There's also a chance he loses the job in April. So He's somebody I'm not drafting in a points league for sure, but I do want to see what he does in his first couple of appearances. And then somebody we've just, I feel like we talked about this guy two and three years ago, but we've not talked about him at all this year. I mentioned it to Chris yesterday. Enrique Hernandez does sound like he's the starting second baseman for the Dodgers, and he won't play every single day, but I think he's going to play a lot, and he's got an interesting profile.
1: Yeah, he's career 665 OPS against righties, but last year it was 780. Against righties, I think that's the question. Like he's going to hit lefties. Can Enrique Hernandez, who's only sixteen percent owned, if you need a scooter, Jeanette replacement? They, they talked about it yesterday. He's not a bad option. Um, would you guys rather have Cattell Marte or Enrique Hernandez?
0: Marte.
3: Yeah. Okay. I I want to point out something we haven't really discussed with Randall Grichik, and you know if it's a five outfielder league, he's probably already owned. But he was. Terrible at the start of last season. I think he was playing through an injury. He ended up missing a month because of the knee, a knee issue. Uh, and then when he came back, he was the best we've ever seen him. He had an OPS near 900, hit 271 with the 311 Babip. So it wasn't like, you know, this outlandish 271. That That's good for him. Good for somebody with his kind of power potential. Uh, I, I think, I think he's a good name to have on this list, especially in the three outfielder leagues where he's, Likely still available.
2: And he's, did we mention he's batting leadoff?
3: I think they kind of backed down from oh, that, did but it it sounds like he's going to bat in the upper third. Of, yeah, latest lately they've been using Brandon Drury, who's the third baseman until Vladimir Guerrero's up. That's gross. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> what happened uh, yeah. to Billy McKinney? Uh,
3: I think Teoscar Hernandez has kind of pushed him aside. I'm not. I'm not sure though. I I think he's going to be on the roster, McKinney. So you never know exactly how that's going to work from day to day. But it seems like Drury's the leadoff hitter for now. Okay. I've
1: I've lost interest in this conversation. Let's go to Scott's players. (laughs) Players on Scott's radar. Uh, pitcher-heavy list here, Scott. So definitely, guys, we talked about yesterday the Marlins rotation: Trevor Richards, Caleb Smith. Um, they're 37 and 28 percent owned respectively. And which do you prefer, Trevor Richards or Caleb Smith?
3: I prefer, I prefer Richards, but it's I, I think those two have they both shown us something in the past, and I would I would guess all of us are interested in adding them. They've just been going in our drafts, so maybe the others, you know, Chris probably didn't think to add him, but the ownership is so low that I felt like I couldn't leave them out. The highest owned of these two is Richards at thirty-seven percent.
1: Yeah, um, Freddie Peralta is sixty-seven percent owned. He's the, the highest owned player on your list. Which also includes Wade Miley, Brandon Lau, and Adam Frazier. All of these guys very available except for Freddie Peralta, who is in the Brewers rotation, threw his four-seam fastball about 75% of the time, but also struck out 96 batters in 78 and a third with a 1.14 whip. All right. I won't linger on him. Wade Miley, Brandon Lau, Adam Frazier. These guys are owned in 30% of leagues or fewer. Uh, your, your quick thoughts, Scott.
3: So Wade Miley is just. I mean, he's a pitcher that the Astros believe in. (laughs) At this point, I I kind of feel like I have to believe in that guy, too. Uh, The data they have, they've already talked about some adjustments they're considering making for him. Standing taller on the mound, which worked wonders for Herman Marquez last year. Pitching up in the zone with his fastball more, which worked wonders for Jay Happ last year. He's had a good spring. Yeah, if he gets off to a good start, I'm going to be rushing to pick that up. Brandon Lau, it's mostly a question of playing time for me. He has good on-base ability, big power. You look at his minor league numbers last year, you can understand why the Rays signed him to a six-year deal despite his limited experience. And between three positions, I do think he'll play a lot. I actually drafted him yesterday in a 12-team head-to-head points league, so I don't even have to add him off the waiver wire there. Adam Frazier looks like the Pirates' leadoff hitter on an everyday basis. He's a left-handed hitter. He's hit lefties better. Certainly did last year, but they don't really have somebody that they're looking to platoon uh, with him. Um, And he he showed some pop last year for the first time. I think could hit 15-plus homers and score a decent number of runs at the top of that lineup.
1: All right, Chris Towers, you are up. Who are some players that are on your radar right now? Good start. We're picking them up.
2: Yeah, I'll start with a couple of middle infielders. I think we mentioned uh, Wilmer Flores a little earlier, but he has a, a chance to play every day for Arizona, and he showed a lot of potential. It's it's kind of similar to Enrique Hernandez with the yeah. Dodgers. A similar profile, good power from the right side uh, of the plate, but he never really strikes out. He's a very good contact hitter. I think there could be potential for him to be a, a an above-average hitter with every day playing time. Luis Arias, it's just... Strong contact profile, actually hits the ball uh, very hard given the fact that he's 5'9 and doesn't weigh very much. The question is he hits the ball on the ground a lot. If he can improve that swing profile and keep the contact that he has shown throughout his career, I think there's potential for a 300 average and double-digit
0: homers and steals. I I like Urias' upside. I'm worried. Like, there's some talk that Fernando Tatis might be up much I don't think
2: much. that's not going to impact him. When they signed Ian Kindler, the understanding was that, and it it could change if Arias gets off to a bad start and Kinsler's hot, but the understanding was that it wouldn't change the plans for Arias or Tatis. If Tatis is up, I think he'll be starting at shortstop, and Arias will be at second base. Okay. Um, And then a couple pitchers, Derek Holland. I, he actually pitched really well last year. Some I don't understand quite how he got his strikeout rate up to about a batter per per, per, per inning, but he pitches in a great park. That's going to suppress his ERA. I think there's a chance for him to be like he was last year, a mid-3s ERA guy with a strikeout per inning. And then Steve Sitchik or Carl Edwards Jr., Pedro Strope only pitched an inning and two-thirds in the spring. He was dealing with a hamstring injury. If he gets off to a rough start, I think there's a chance that one of those two guys could step in in the ninth inning. Okay,
1: Chris gave you infielders Wilmer Flores and Luis Arias. Derek Holland is only 20, 12% owned, Derek Holland. And then Steve Ciszek and Carl Edwards Jr. in the Cubs bullpen. Uh, Scott also talked about Adam Frazier just a second ago and Brandon Lau. So these are some infielders that are really widely available, including Greg Bird, first guy on my list. He's making the team out of spring training. He's had a really good spring. Aaron Hicks continues to be injured, so Bird will have an opportunity. And honestly, they, their first nine games are against the Orioles and Tigers. They may not face one good pitcher the entire time. And I think Greg Bird and Luke Voigt could get off to a really good start. Um, it's well documented why I like Greg Bird, so I won't get into that, but at least as an no, option. Oh, yeah. no, no, well, You no, took him off my is. list.
0: It's the you long track record of success. I think it's well documented that you do like Greg Bird. I'm not sure anyone understands the why.
3: Okay then. No, I had him on my list. I, I did. I, I, we like to give Adam grief for this, but there, I think there's definitely uh, there's definitely untapped potential here in terms of power and in terms of on base ability. I mean, this is the first time he's been healthy in three years, uh, and and like Adam said, really good matchups out of the gate. So he could. Obviously, the the context is if you get off to a good start. If this player gets off to a good start, are you looking to add him? I think. Bird, you know it's dependent on him getting off to a good start, but I think he absolutely fits the bill there.
1: I've done three drafts and I've drafted him in all three with my final pick.
0: That's in, not in the same thing, drafts. though. You see, you already have him on your teams
1: because it's me. Because I like, I'm doing it for so you can laugh. I'm doing it uh, for the oh, crowd. It's working. Uh, thank you. Um, he had an 871 OPS in 2015. He had an 891 <laughs> OPS after he came back from surgery in 2017. And then I don't know what he was so bad last year. He's already hurt too. That's not good. Jay Bruce, twenty six percent owned. If I see that Jay Bruce is playing every day, he probably needs to be like fifty percent owned, in my opinion. Definitely going to look at the Atlanta starting pitchers. Definitely going to look at the San Diego starting pitchers. They're already pretty owned. Brad Peacock is seventy one percent owned. I do think there's a chance he's, he's a ninety five percent owned kind of pitcher. Maybe not for the whole year, but I, you know, I, I guess he's just sort of becoming one of my guys. I'm very excited about Brad Peacock, who is ten and two. With a 3.22 ERA and a 122 whip as a starting pitcher in 2017, and the control has gotten better. So those are my guys. Bird, Bruce, Atlanta, San Diego starting pitchers, and Brad Peacock. Going to say buy yourself for tomorrow. Here is Team Name Tuesday. Remember to send me the ones that you sent over the last few days because I deleted them. I apologize. This one comes from Aaron. Get low, get low, get low, or get low, 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 sorry. To the winker, to the doll. Okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah. And here's one. RPs, like relief pitcher. RPs, we have the meats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. RPs, yep. Yeah. Uh, I think
2: you should try to find like a a one to go in with meats. Like if Jalen Beeks is in the raise rotation, that'd be a good one. There you go.
0: He did make the opening day roster.
1: There you go. Mookie Monster. He's an RP. Mookie Monster. Yeah, like Cookie Monster. That's good. This one you have to look at. It's the letter D, close parentheses, and then all of the above, AHL. So it looks like doll of the above, but like an option on a test, you know? No, that's
2: one. That's a team name.
1: And this is from Steven, who has Aaron Judge, Harrison Bader, and Steven Strasburg. Judge Ruth Bader Strasburg. That's fantastic! Very good. We love politics on the show, obviously. So, <laughs> podcast league takeaways, Scott. This this league, this twelve team head to head points league, is kind of your baby. I think you've won it three or four times in like the ten years we've done it. Uh, we've had listeners win three year drought though. Yeah, we, listeners have won at least the last two, if not the last three years.
3: Last three. Yep.
1: So we're gonna try to change that. Yep. All right, what'd you what'd you think? Tell us about your team.
3: So like I said at the top, my team is unfamiliar to me. Um, so I started off with Chris Sale in round one, which was already, I, I guess I kind of had a hunch that there was going to be a pitcher run in this. So I was glad I took him ended up with Christian Yelich in round two. He's normally a first rounder, so I can't complain about that, but it's the first share I have in Christian Yelich this season. And then it was a bunch of hitters. Um, you know, I didn't have my my fifth round Binky Zach Grinky. Uh <laughs> Heath took him early in round four, so that wasn't an option to me. My next three picks, round three, Anthony Rizzo, round four uh was Javier Baez, the first of my busts who I ended up selecting for myself. And then round five was Chris Davis, who I thought was really good value. Not not many hitters had more than five hundred points last year, but he was one of them. Hated to fill the utility spot, but round five. Had to go for that. So I, I don't, I, I think this is the only league where I own any of those five players, but I think it's a strong five, strong way to be in the team. Um, now,
1: wait, repeat I the, was repeat surprised. The names. Repeat the names for me.
3: Yeah. Chris sale, Christian Yelich, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, and Chris Davis. Okay. Um, there was only. Well, I guess there was two infielders, but, uh, I ended up with a weaker third baseman and shortstop than I'm used to. I was kind of surprised at how quickly the depth thinned out there. Oh, totally agree. Um,
1: at third base. Yeah. Cause I think people were taking like two third basemen. It's supposed to be such a deep position, but it's, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was stuck with Devers had to be my starting third baseman. So yeah, go ahead, Scott.
3: Yeah. I have, I have Miguel Andujar, who was another one of my best picks on the list. And I took him in round nine, which I felt. You know, I would have preferred him a round or two later, but he was the last third baseman who I felt confident, pretty confident, considering he's on my bus list. I felt pretty confident he could deliver 400-plus points. Jose Peraza is my shortstop. You know, I got Jeff McNeil and Brandon Lau for my bench, and if either of them breaks out, then obviously I can move Javier Baez to shortstop if the Peraza thing doesn't work out. And he did score a lot of runs last year. He had a high number of points last year, but a lot of it was based on, I think, him batting high in the lineup. So not totally comfortable with Peraz as my shortstop. But I do have options there. Uh, my pitching staff, apart from Sale, ended up being Herman Marquez, Chris Archer. Uh, so, you know, a couple guys, those guys I like to target because they've shown ace potential before. Masahiro Tanaka's fourth. I did get Fulton Nevich. He's going to be on the DL for now, but he was the third of the bust picks of mine. I think I got him in round 11 or 12. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel, I, I don't, I don't feel like this is a bad team. I feel like this is definitely something to work with. It's not my favorite team. It's not a team I'm used to seeing, but I, I don't, other, other than that shortstop spot with Jose Peraza, um, who again was fine last year, but I don't think he's going to be as good this year. I don't feel like I have a glaring weakness.
1: All right, Chris, we have about uh, four minutes left, so all three, me, you, and Heath, have to talk about our teams. So if you uh, could give us the rundown, the lowdown real quick on how you feel about your squad.
2: Uh, The pitching staff is full of upside. I think when they're pitching, Walker Buehler, John Gray, Yusei Kikuchi, Chris Paddock, Jin Ryu, and Kenta Maeda will all be good. There are definite questions about workload with all of those, and... I'm gonna have to be active to to make sure that when those guys are missing time, that they're that I have replacements ready. But my offenses can definitely make up for it. I've got Pete Alonso as a utility. My infield: Paul Goldschmidt, Daniel Murphy, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, J.D. Martinez, Marcelo Zuna, and Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield. I mean, I, wow. I could have five, top five guys at every infield position and top fifteen guys at every outfield position. It's yeah, there's a that offense could be ridiculous. Only exception would be Francisco Cervelli at catcher. He could be a top five guy. It, it's mostly been about playing time for him. Okay. He's hit really well the last couple of years. Uh, I think I'd have
3: to dispute that. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to give him. Do, do we expect him to have that kind of playing time? I mean, they have one of the best backup catchers. In yeah, baseball. they're going to walk with Elias.
1: Yeah, he did hit well last year. I think it was pretty brief. Um, he slugged 370 two years ago, but... Honestly, whatever. Your catchers suck. A lot of guys are going to have bad catchers. Your hitting is is incredible. Heath, uh, we talked about your team. It's the exact opposite of Chris's.
0: Just the exact opposite. The only only thing I would want to add from what we said earlier is that Paul DeYoung is not a weakness at shortstop. Paul DeYoung is... Like, nobody ever looks at a team that has Gleyber Torres that somebody reached for six rounds too early and says, Oh, you've got a weakness at shortstop. Well, he's not my shortstop. He's he's not my
1: shortstop. He's my second baseman. I understand. I have Carlos Correa. And without Scooter Jeanette, this is another thing I want to say. Without Scooter Jeanette, second base is even more terrible. So I felt like I had to reach for Gleyber Torres or else I would have been starting Cattell Marte, you know, or no, somebody I just, like
0: that. I, that wasn't about you. I didn't even know he was on your team. I could have guessed probably because he's Yankee, but oh. <laughs> I, I was just talking about the disparity oh, okay. between the ADP of Gleyber Torres and Paul DeYoung. Mm-hmm. DeYoung has just a, a regular projection from ATC of 26 home runs, 71 runs, 76 RBI, and just 128 games. I think there's a pretty decent chance he gets 30 home runs this year if he stays healthy, and the only reason he's had two partial seasons is Yes, he got hurt last year. The year before, it was just because he was called up late, but he played 156 games. So there's no reason to expect that he's not going to get a full season.
1: Sure. Just and the, he's hitting third. 36 walks, 123 strikeouts, kind of thing that, that hurts him in, was, in this, was this format. Was that De Young or Glaber Torres? De Young.
0: Okay.
1: It just hurts him in this format. I'm just I'm just saying. Look, I,
0: Gla- De Young or Glaber Torres? G-
2: so De Young's 150 oh. game pace last year was more fantasy points than Glaber Torres. Uh, that's fine. Uh, that's, <laughs> hey, look, we have been calling Gleyber Torres a bust all spring. I just,
1: I had to fill second base, so I, that was one of my least favorite picks.
0: I'm not criticizing you I, picking Gleyber
2: Torres.
1: That's fine, that's fine.
2: Adam, it was a terrible pick and nobody understands why you made it.
1: Alright, so Heath, whose team do you like better? Your hitter, your pitcher heavy team or Chris's hitter heavy team?
0: I prefer my team. I
1: like Chris's shocker. Of course.
0: Of like, course. I like Chris's. <laughs> you can't win with <laughs> pitchers like that. I am stunned. Uh, my team.
1: I guess it's somewhat of a balance, but I do not have an ace. Now, Scott took Chris Sale in the first round and Anthony Rizzo in the third round. I took Freddie Freeman in the first round. And then who was my third-round pick? I know Strasburg was my that first That was pitcher. you?
3: Yeah. That was a surprising pick, Freddie Freeman in the first round. Freddie Freeman is so good in points leagues.
1: Like, he's not a first-round pick necessarily in Roto. He is so good in points leagues. He walks a ton. Um, So I actually thought it was good. And it's a thinnish position. So like I, would I thought prefer- it was a good pick. I would prefer Scott's combo of Sale and Rizzo to my combo of Freeman and Strasburg. And we picked back to back. So obviously I could have had, uh, Sale and, and Rizzo if, if not. But, so that was maybe a mistake. But just give my team real quick. Um, I have to get it up. I forgot my team name. You say stay. We've got at catcher, Buster Posey, Freddie Freeman, Glaber Torres, Rafael Devers. That's my weakness right there. Second and third. Carlos Correa at short. Aaron Judge was my round two pick after Freeman. Uh, A.J. Pollock and Adam Eaton. Right now, Tyler White is at utility, but I have Greg Bird and Ryan McMahon as well. And my pitchers are Strasburg, Severino, uh, Hugh Darvish, Jamison Tyone, Tyler Skaggs. I have Sonny Gray and Vince Velasquez on the bench. I have Brad Peacock and Felipe Vasquez and Arodis Vizcaino at RP. I like it. I don't love it. But I think this is a competitive team.
0: And uh It's kinda like Chris's approach with a worse offense.
2: Yeah, I was thinking like your, Se- your picking is better than mine, but not leaps and bounds.
1: It might not be, but but I do have I have Strasburg, Severino, and Tyone, and I really like those three guys. So if I can just right. get through April and hopefully Severino's back in early May, I'm gonna feel pretty good about this team.
0: Yeah, I was not looking at your injured reserve, so I take that back. Your pitching is a lot better than Chris's, assuming that Luis Severino. Right. Okay.
1: All right, so uh, we and, and I think the report's been pretty good on Severino. I have been, I find myself taking it more than I anticipated. Ha ha. He's a Yankee. I know. All right, Greg Bird for everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow with buy or sell, bold predictions, a prediction on the standings, the Cy Young, all that stuff. Wednesday's show will be fun. Thursday's opening day. We can't wait. Thank you for listening, everybody. Talk to you on
2: tomorrow's show.